Self-care game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. What's up, self-care gang? It's your girl. I need to be waiting a little bit more prepared because I don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll give you a second to think. I'm going to be mulatto. Okay, I'm going to be Megan Thee Stallion. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) How do you know? Because I said mulatto and they both on WAP. So oh, I figured yeah. you mm. would associate the two. You know what? They need to go ahead and um just make a remix. You know, like the Touch It remix where they had everybody and their mama on it. <laughs> they need to have. They need to make a remix of that song with every female rapper on it, and so we can just like get our lives and just die. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be mad at that. Actually, Touch It that like all of those remixes are my favorite. Really? Like they all bring some. Like they have Mary J. Blige on their rapping. They did. You right, friend. Like, it's it's crazy. Speaking of crazy, Mocha over there running around. <laughs> Mocha wanted to say hey, y'all. Mocha got to say hey every episode. Right. She always doing, you acting out. <laughs> but anyways, how was your week? So, girl, let me think. What was my week? My week has been very peaceful. Well, peaceful um, to a certain extent. My love life has been very peaceful. And I've been minding my own business. And one of my friends, um, I was talking to her, kind of like updating her on my like situation, my love life. And she was like, oh, friend, you finna do your whole stage? And I said, Ooh. I was like, bitch, what? And she was like, oh, because you mentioned it on the last episode. I said, oh, yeah. like, yeah, like, no, it's not finna be a whole stage, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Whole stage is necessary, but I hate, and we need to do an episode on this. We really should talk about this with cocktails, but we need to talk about how guys can go through their little stage, and it don't even call a stage, but when females go through like the same stage, it's called a whole stage. Why gotta be a whole stage? Right, and I, I think I'm not comfortable with calling it my whole stage, but I'm also just like, I don't know, I'm 28, so I'm kind of like, just date and have fun, girl. That's what I'm. That's what I'm planning on doing. I'm not gonna call it any stage, and hopefully, I won't be hoeing. But either way, I just wanna just live my life, and is whatever brings me peace. That's where I'm gonna be. That's good, friend. Well, my week. Let's see. My week was actually pretty calm. Like this week, I've been like meditating and praying more. So I just been like super chill lately. Like it's it's interesting. I saw that. I was yeah. really uh, I meant to ask you about that too, because I know that you um, people be call, people be thinking you be doing rituals and shit. Yeah, people think I'm a fucking <laughs> witch, y'all. I'm really ghetto. Um, I'm educated. I like music. I like trout music. I like to eat fried chicken, but I also like green juice and doing yoga. But that doesn't make me. And I like to burn a little sage. I ain't gonna stink. But I'm not just like no witch, like people be thinking I am. But yeah, I'm kind of figuring out my spirituality. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a full on Christian, but I do have Christian um, values and principles. 
Um, so I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like for me as far as like, you know, meditating and, you know, connecting with God and developing my own relationship with God. That's dope. I'm really excited for you just to go through the whole journey and to see where you kind of land with everything. Cause it's, it's always like a constant journey. And I feel like, you know, even with myself, I have my ins and outs where I'm just like more spiritual or more connected than other times. And like right now, I feel like I'm kind of like on my route to be back more connected, which I, which is why I said, you know, not really the whole stage. Cause I really just don't, I have a lot going on. Like school is about to start mm-hmm. up for me. So I ain't got time to be Girl, with the foolishness. Just go on dates. I had my period where I went on dates. I was going on like three, four, five dates a week. <laughs> it was fun though. And some of those people that I went out with, they're like really my friend now. So it's just like, it's, I mean, date doesn't have to always just lead to a romantic thing. It just be just for fun. Yeah. That's, that's how I plan on doing it. And you know, like you said, how you had this peaceful time this week. That's what I'm striving towards. I need to get back in line with the Lord and, you know, just live my best life. And that's it. That's all. Because I'm going to need prayer to get through school and COVID. Girl, that program is not going to be that bad. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure I'll be good. <laughs> but the balance of working full time as an adult, like I feel like in college, I feel like we just did crack. Like, or something, because there's no reason. Yeah, how do we move around like that? I don't don't understand how I worked full time. And then at one point, I was dual enrolled in schools, and like, it it was just crazy. So, hopefully, that little crackhead ish way will come back (laughs) to where I could just balance it all. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's get back in. Let's get into the media segment. Oh, yeah, y'all. We forgot to tell y'all. This is our season finale. Yes. So, we will be taking a break. We'll be coming back. Because, you know, this show is called Self-Care Gang, so we promote self-care. So we have to take a break so we don't burn ourselves out and we can just continue to give y'all good content. So this is our season finale, and we will be back after Labor Day on the 16th, on September 16th. So we'll be taking a month off. Um, so tell your friends to catch up on our older episodes. We'll be doing some stuff on Instagram. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us at selfcare.gang. And yeah. Uh, and um, we forgot to tell them that we have a Twitter. Oh, yeah. We do have a Twitter, <laughs> y'all. And <laughs> we be forgetting to tell y'all about everything. Like, um, we, we have a Twitter. Us. So follow us on Twitter. And it's selfcaregangpod. So, follow us on Twitter. Let's talk about the episodes and just go from there. So, yeah, let's get into the media segment. I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. All right, y'all. So let's get into the media statement. First up, the girl Megan Thee Stallion is back. Okay. She has come and spoken out on her Instagram live. Did you watch the live? I watched bits and pieces. Girl, I was in the hoe and I was over there tearing up. (laughs) You a hottie for real. I'm a hottie for real. She talked about her mom and how and like her her dad and her grandma. She was just like, y'all, like I don't. Y'all don't understand, like, I'm young and so much is going on and I don't have, like, 
my mom, my mom was my best friend. Girl, I was over there tearing up, and I'm like, sis, we yes, got yes. you. I hate this. And you know, when I saw all this like unraveling, like when her mom died, I was just like, damn, this girl is at about to hit her peak, and she lost her mom. And mm-hmm. grieving is no joke. Like it's really no joke. So. I just seen it coming. I, I seen it coming. Yeah. Not saying I, I was wishing bad on her, but yeah. I, I lost a parent before, and ha- and I know how hard that is. Yeah. But uh, imagine losing both parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I tear up thinking about losing my mama all the time. If I lost my mama, y'all just better be. I need my friends to just come over to my house to make sure I'm okay, cause I'm gonna be laid out somewhere. Yeah. And she said too. She said that she didn't take enough time for herself, and I think it's. Like you said, it's not really like wishing bad upon her, but it's wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. because we know as being older and being like in the therapy world, like we know, like you need to sit down and take some time to really process yeah. stuff when it happens. And she didn't really take that time to sit down. So she acknowledged that. And she um, was also at the peak of almost hitting her peak of her fame. So it was almost like she couldn't take Right. Time. You can't, you can't disappear yeah. when, you know, you got you, on you the, yeah. You got to keep so. going. But, um, yeah, so since then, my good sis has been, she's partnered with Revlon mm. and just been over here living her best life. She's back posting uh, Instagram stories, back being on live. And then her and Cardi released Cardi's first new single in like a year. It's been longer than a year. Cardi been, right. been gone for privacy. a minute. Yeah. Invasion of Privacy was like two years ago. Was that? Yes. Let me look. <laughs> oh, child. Okay. Probably was that long. Yeah, it was a minute. Because mm. I remember what apartment I was in. <laughs> yeah, because let me think. How, how long? April Offset, 6, 2018. How long Offset been faithful? Yeah, that, that's it. that was in 16. Girl, quit playing. <laughs> I love my Cardi, but you know, we got... That's my timeline, because I remember him uh, popping up at her shows trying to apologize. Mm-hmm. Wait, you said 2016? 2018. Oh, okay. oh girl... Oh. I was about to like faint. I'm like, Girl, I know. no, I remember. I remember when she dropped it because everybody was like, "What?" But yeah, she did drop that song. The song was cool. I, I'll listen to it. But all the people like, "I is the song is horrible," and I'm just like, I mean, I guess it just it's just taste of music. And I think people need to realize everybody has different tastes in music. Don't tell people they have horrible taste of music because they like a song that you don't. But anyways, off that subject, it was the video was bomb. Even though I was like, why was Kylie Jenner girl. who they should have had walking down that hallway is bad girl Riri. It should have been Riri. But but I think they recorded that video like a while back. Yeah, I think so. so I, I think had they done it like recently, of course, Riri would have been in it because she's expressed her support for Megan mm-hmm. with everything going on and dropping Drea. But um, to be honest, I feel <laughs> <laughs> no shade. <laughs> but um, I honestly feel as though the song does suck. And in the grand scheme of songs, like when I think of when I want Cardi and Megan on a song, I want it to be that fucking song. Like I want it to be like a showstopper ass song. But okay, so this is what happened. I listened to the song first and I said, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, wait, they released the video too. Mm-hmm. Let me watch the video. Then the video made me like the song. So the yeah, song the video itself, did make me like the song better. I wouldn't say the song sucks though. Okay, it does, it's not like poo trash, but it it left more to be desired. Yeah, that that's the best way to put it. Yeah, 
But it was cool though. Like it was it was cool comeback for Cardi. Yeah, I'm here for everything that it stands for. Like, girl, get your get Wait what you is, can. <laughs> get what you can for <laughs> But when I first heard it, I was kinda t- I'm not gonna lie, I was kinda I was taken aback. I went shocked, but I was just like, hold on, bitch. Girl. I was not <laughs> I was not ready for that, y'all. Like it's gonna Wait, the queen of City Girls was you was caught off guard a little bit? I was caught off guard a little bit. Like, you know, um City Girls be saying some shit too, but it don't be in the chorus like that. Like yeah. as soon as like as soon as she came in, wet ass pussy. And I was just like, damn. Yeah. She meant that shit too. And you know, she always say that shit. Like, if you follow her on Twitter, people be saying stuff about her about offset and stuff. She's like, it's because I got a wet ass pussy. And I'm just like, <laughs> so I went, I mean, it's something Cardi would say and yeah. make it fit right in because, boy, you know, I didn't come if you had to ask me. I just feel like it's just a whole feminist movement mm-hmm. about women being comfortable in their skin, yes. being comfortable with their sexuality. And it's just kind of like people take it too literally like i was in like I w- i'm in like a black therapist facebook group and you can tell like the age difference between a younger therapist <laughs> and the older therapist and the older therapist was like no ma'am but it was a few older therapists that was like y'all used to listen to trina and all that other stuff so what's the difference now which they did make a point but like a lot of them was just like that's just not how a woman should carry themselves and i've been seeing men say that too and even some women on twitter and i just hope they get picked soon because a woman can do whatever she wants with her body she can say whatever she wants about her body and it's none of y'all business it's really not y'all it was on twitter i i don't know what artist it is but uh, it was this older song from like 1935 and the stuff that this lady was saying in this song baby like what ass pussy don't make you blush as hard as this song i was like whoop in 1935 i just feel like it's just all these songs every generation has had you know women that are sexually liberated and express themselves i'm here for every bit of what the song stands for i love the women empowerment movement of everybody being in there including kylie mm-hmm. cardi know what she doing cardi know what she doing and i and just feel like it. if you don't agree with it like you know what i mean that's cool but don't shame other women for being comfortable with that right and she said that she put cardi in it i mean kylie in it because like you know she's cool with the family or whatever and she retweeted somebody that said well duh cardi would do that because then people would be watching the video and playing a song to find out why Kylie is in the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, that's, I mean, sure, if you're gonna be a businesswoman, you better be the best at it. So, and I'm not gonna stunt. Kylie looked the fuck good, bitch. She did, she did look good. Yeah. I didn't know who was walking down that hall, and I was like, Kylie, ugh. but I mean, you know, to each his own, she did look good, so. You know, and it's not that she doesn't look good. I think that everybody, because the whole Megan situation, everybody was like, everybody was, off. why was like, everybody what? blaming um, Kylie? Because the Kylie, because uh, the Kardashian Jenner curse. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why they was blaming it. That was on her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So if it doesn't work for you, that's cool. Yeah, I'm still bumping. I'm still playing. But you know, if you ask Siri to play the number one song in the world, it plays it. Let me see. I promise you. Hey Siri. Play the number one song in the world. Currently topping the charts is what featuring Megan Thee Stallion by Cardi B. Oh. I told you. 
Excuse me. <laughs> I told you, bitch. I tell no lies. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, excuse me then, bitch. Um, so next, um, I know you seen Azealia Banks in her past suicidal post. So I know it August is um suicide awareness month. Um if y'all do not know, I did lose my father to suicide awareness. I mean, not to suicide awareness, to suicide. He did die by suicide. So, just kind of just plugging in. If you have if you have any like suspicions um one of your loved ones or one of your friends or anyone is um thinking about suicide or they're making like suicidal like quotes or anything like that, be sure to just ask them directly, are you suicidal? Um, and if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, please reach out to either your local crisis line or you can call 1-800-273-8255, which is the National Suicide Hotline to talk to a counselor. And yeah. Give it to them one more time. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Thank you. And just remember, if you are having those thoughts, you are worthy. You have a purpose to be here. And you know... Just don't do it. Like, it's better days to come. Just because one, not even one day, but just because your life seems like it may be ending right now does not mean that's the end for you. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, getting back on Azealia Banks, she recently posted um, a suicidal post. It was like a cryptic message. Um, what did she say? I'm trying to find it. Um, she said. Oh, no. She, Yeah. Okay, she said, yeah, I think I'm done here. So it, it started off with her doing, um, posting stuff on her story where she didn't have her face. It was just a black screen and she was just talk, talking about her upcoming project. And she was, you know, kind of like not enthusiastic about it. Just saying like, oh, it may sound shitty, but I just want to finish it at least. And then she started writing from there and said, yeah, I think I'm done here. This pandemic, extreme lack of social interaction, no intimacy combined with constant public ridicule is making life harder than it's worth. I think I will end my t uh, tenure here on earth soon. I'm not begging for attention or asking for sympathy slash empathy. I'm just ready to go peacefully, of course. I will document my last times and release a film for you all to finally understand me from my perspective. Then she says, my soul is tired. I'm ready to go. I will try my best to finish the projects. I promise I would beforehand with whatever strength is left. And then in her last message, she says, please don't bombard me with messages. I am not in pain. I am at peace. So, yeah, I mean, if that isn't a cry for help or just a signal of distress, um, then I don't know yeah. what is. And people will say a lot of things like she may be looking for help. Da, 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 da. I mean, she may be faking and stuff like that or just looking for attention. And a lot of people say that when people be saying stuff like when they be posting or talking about suicide. And that's not necessarily true. If anybody makes like a suicidal comment, like y'all always like straight up take it serious every single time. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, because even if they are looking for attention, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they want to end their life because they don't have the attention. They feel like no one cares. So not giving them that attention, attention also encourages what they yeah. already feel. So and if they do, if they are looking for attention, give it to them. Call the police and get them ass, get their ass admitted into the hospital. I bet you they'll learn not to do that shit anymore. Right. I mean, sometimes people gotta learn the hard way, but that's just something you don't play around with. Yeah. So if anybody like plays around being suicidal with mm, being suicidal. 
um, please contact like your local cross crisis line. But ultimately, you're supposed to contact the police. And I know how weary we are about contacting the police. But when you're calling 911, just be sure to like communicate that with them. Um, because if somebody is in danger to themselves or someone else, they have to get involuntary admitted to the hospital. Um, but yeah, yeah, hopefully more police departments will get like crisis workers and counselors on their staff to handle these situations a little bit better. But that's like the standard pro- protocol. Yeah. And it's, it's important to just be mindful of what we say to other people, not just because like the month of August is suicidal awareness month or just because like we're approaching fall. It, mm-hmm. It's just in general, you never really know what people are going through. And I know mm-hmm. that when I had my moment of depression depression and suicidal thoughts it literally took my roommate knocking on my door Mm -hmm. and asking me like are you okay are you depressed or something because you haven't been around you're not acting the same and had she not said that like i probably would have went through with the thoughts that i was having because i was in school for psychology worked at a behavioral health hospital and still did not even register in my mind that i was like that i needed help you know, yeah. so it we have to be direct. We have to be alert. And, you know, yeah. not not everybody has the energy to pull themselves out of yeah. it, especially right now in this pandemic. So yeah. just and keep that in mind. it's way more common than y'all think it is. I actually tried to save my own life before. It was like right after my dad died. And I know y'all probably like, she's talking about it so nonchalantly. Because, I mean, everybody, I'm, I, I'm serious. It's way more common than what people think it is. Um, so, yeah, just if you know anybody that's dealing with that, Please reach out to them, help them get help. But this also leads to a different, um, cover- deeper conversation of like, I saw one tweet on Twitter where it was like, when Kanye West do something similar to this, it's always like, pray for Kanye and all this other stuff. But when Azealia Banks does the same, because it kind of seems like she does, she may or may not struggle with like some type of mental issues, maybe bipolar. I'm not saying, I'm not diagnosing her but it may mm-hmm. i mean kind of seems like it but when azalea banks does the same like it's not, like she don't get that same thing energy. the same energy it's based but on do you think um tamar tamar recently tried to commit suicide they did give her they, they rallied around her i think it's based did. off of people's liking to you yeah because azalea is kind of a troll yeah like she trolls a lot of people all the time and not to say that oh you're a troll so if you're suicidal you should just oh well we don't care that's not that should not be the case in our society but a lot of times that's what happens because unfortunately people do put their their care for others into the likability of that Mm -hmm. person and that's what we're fighting right now with social injustice like just like how we say we're now saying all black lives matter instead of just black lives matter that's because when we say all when we say black lives matter it doesn't always include trans people or um black women and you know sometimes we don't give they don't get the same attention or Mm -hmm. respect or care or concern as a black man may get Mm -hmm. so we just have to be like conscious of that when it comes to anything i mean honestly i love me a good laugh twitter is full of laughs all Mm -hmm. day every day but when it comes to people like saying that they don't want to be here anymore or like expressing any type of mental health concern then we need to be taken more serious especially in the black community because it's not it's not something to play with like you think that everything is all good until it's not and and usually at that point it's too late Mhm. i agree so yeah what's next 
Yeah, so but speaking, prayers for Azealia Banks. Yeah, definitely prayers. I mean, regardless of how much of a troll she is, she does not deserve she's still to. Human. Yeah, she's still a human, and she mm-hmm. should not be encouraged or um, encouraged to to go through with anything. I've seen like some horrible ass messages in regards or tweets in regards to to her conditions, and we have to rally around each other because like us, if we don't stand together, we fall for anything. So we have to like rally for each other in all capacities. But uh, speaking of social injustice, Amber Geyer, who is the police officer who took the life of Brotham Jean here in Dallas, Texas, um, that was, I think that was about a year or two ago that mm-hmm. that happened. Down and, the street. And the trial was very public, and she ended up just getting 10 years. Um, she was a police officer that walked into his apartment and shot and killed him while he was eating ice cream and watching TV because she thought it was her apartment, which how dumb could you be to think it was your apartment and mm-hmm. pull out your gun and pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. But she only got 10 years and the family went and hugged her. Well, the brother oh. went and hugged her in forgiveness of her. Um, and now she has put in an appeal to get a lesser sentence. Girl, t- start your, ten, your little 10 years. I'm just like, you know what? I hope I if, if the appeal actually happens, I hope it backfires and gives her like 20 years on or life because how the audacity you literally killed someone who did nothing like absolutely nothing. And you think that I don't care if it was an accident like you police off so-called police officers kill black men on accident all the time. Right. You still took someone's life. So you need to be you need to serve that time mm-hmm. that that 10 years should be nothing to you Period. because you really should have got life. Because you had no cause. And you're supposed to be able to de-escalate situations. So the fact that you walked into someone else's apartment and killed them. Like, girl, no. You invaded. You basically, what is it? Um, breaking and entering. Like, you you invaded someone's uh, privacy and walked into their apartment. So you should be happy with the 10 years and mind your business from there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, yeah. of course, that's, you know, white privilege at its finest. It is. And then, in addition to that, speaking of, again of black unarmed black men that are killed, uh, we recently had the six year anniversary of Michael Brown being killed, and we also don't have justice for Breonna Taylor. Yeah. So it's been like a hundred and fifty ish days. Mhm. 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 And at this point, we it sounds like we just got to take the justice. We just got to take it ourselves, cause like, what in the world? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm just tired of them, honestly. I am tired of it. And rest in peace to like any and all black people that have been unarmed and unjustfully killed at the mm-hmm. hands of police officers or at the hands of fucking uh, white people that live in a neighborhood and want to take justice into their own hands. Fucking idiots. Um, you know, or anyone that is, you know, related to them, family, friends, or someone that has passed to the names that we know, to names that we don't know. Like, I definitely have prayers up for you guys and uh, the families affected by it. And just know that a change is going to come one way or another. And just keep your faith and keep your hope and everything. And, you know, just stay positive and prayed up and we'll get through this in somehow, some way. Period. Yep, but now we're going to get into the main segment. Which is all about anxiety. Ooh, anxiety. (laughs) 
Okay, so as I said, we're going to be talking about all things anxiety because, for one, anxiety is the most common mental diagnosis in the world. Not just America, the world. The world, Craig. The world. So, in America, there are 40 million adults that has some type of anxiety disorder. And anxiety is also twice as likely to affect women. And also, the median age for anxiety is 30. I got this all from, like, the DSM-5, but I kind of feel like the median age is kind of skewed because of other reasons, which I'll explain later. But just to get a little bit deeper on what exactly anxiety is, so anxiety is like a fear-based type of emotion and response. And when you think of fear, fear is an emotional response to real or perceived threat. Anxiety is the anticipation of a future threat. So for example, anxiety is just like when people be like, oh, I'm just preparing myself for the worst. That is just like the key anxiety statement. Um, So anxiety is like the possibility, like you're scared of the possibility of seeing a snake when you go hiking. But fear is when you actually see that damn snake in front of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's a difference. Um, and you know, all anxiety isn't bad. There's good anxiety, there's bad anxiety. Um, but anxiety is really considered like a problem and an actual diagnosis when it causes like inappropriate or irrational behaviors and it impairs daily functioning. So an example of good anxiety is like being a little nervous before doing like a presentation or before a big game or before an interview. That's normal anxiety. But bad anxiety is like being so nervous before your presentation to the point where you just don't even do the presentation or like you throw up or <laughs> or anything like that. So that's perceived as bad anxiety. Do you have any examples of good or bad anxiety? Oh, child. Um I think, like you said, my good anxiety comes where I'm nervous because I'm doing something that maybe I haven't done before, but I'm really good at, or like Mm -hmm. I haven't done publicly, but I'm good at. Like, I get anxiety when I do my affirmations. So, Mm -hmm. like, I get, like, really worked up. Like, I'll be Mm -hmm. like, okay, what if I, like, mess up a word and have to start over? What if, like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't resonate with somebody? Like, it's just all these, like, crazy thoughts that it's like, girl, like, you ain't even said two words. Like, calm down and just do it. Mm-hmm. But then my bad anxiety, I, I would say my worst anxiety is when it comes to dating. Because I just get in my head about, like, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And I overthink a lot of stuff. And then I'll be like, too. girl, I'll be like, okay, maybe, okay, he didn't text right back. So maybe what I said, like, he took that wrong. And he doesn't understand my sense of humor. Or maybe he doesn't know I'm joking. Maybe he mm-hmm. doesn't, maybe he's upset about something. He doesn't want to meet me no more. So that time didn't work out because, like, he hasn't confirmed it because he don't want to see me no more. Like, yeah. it's really, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. dating anxiety is real. <laughs> my anxiety, I think my anxiety is worse in the dating realm too. And then sometimes I get, I used to have bad anxiety around like finances as well. Um, but then I started like doing my affirmations about abundance, and I like stopped like 
stressing about money and then money easily started coming towards me if that makes sense so mm-hmm. it's like the more i stressed about money the less money i had and the less i stressed about it the more it came to me so i learned that little law of attraction trick <laughs> real quick because i can't be broke out here but yeah that's another thing i had pretty bad anxiety around so another thing about anxiety anxiety is like formed in our brain um it's our like neuropsychologists like they try to they basically split up the brain in like a cognitive part and an emotional part so um our anxiety is formed more in our emotional part and it's formed in the part of the brain called the amygdala and when people have severe anxiety that technically means they have an overactive or hyperactive amygdala Um, When people don't have any anxiety, they may have, like, a (laughs) low-functioning amygdala. It is possible, too. But I know. (laughs) But if you want to think back as far as, like, genetics, because anxiety can be um, passed down, like, genetically. And it can also be, like, learned behaviorally. And it's not full research supporting it that you can learn it environmentally, but... You can. Um, So if you want to go way, way back in the day, like to the cavemen days, um, before we was living in these fancy apartments and lofts and houses, we were basically like living outside, right? So our ancestors basically had to have a more like hyperactive amygdala because it was literally life or death. You know what I mean? Because the amygdala really triggers your fight or flight response. And Mm. like people back in the day, like cavemen, they had to think about like, you know, getting food for that day and killing animals and protecting themselves. So they had way more things to worry about protecting themselves. And even if you think about like our ancestors, as far as like black people, um, when like slave like our ancestors that were enslaved um they had to have more of a hyperactive amygdala as well so when you think about like our ancestors and like the dangers that they had compared to we have now we don't have as many dangerous situations but still that hype that genetic of the hyperactive amygdala is passed down still those traits those behavioral traits are still passed down so that's why it seems like our generation have like way bad like way worse anxiety because you know older people like we had it way worse than that well i mean your amygdala was probably fitting for that environment you know what i mean (laughs) but now we really don't have that much dangerous things for us to interpret as fear or to be scared of so we interpret things that may not seem as dramatic to them as fear, like dating and, you know, stuff like that. So that's kind of a reason why our anxieties may be worse in our generation. So, yeah. I know that my anxiety shows up differently because I I kind of realized that my grandma has really bad anxiety. Did she say her nerves bad? Right. That's what older folks say. She said she's like a worry or like, oh my goodness. Like if, if I'm out, if I'm talking to her, I could be talking to her through the car and she'd be like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm driving. She'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you while you're driving. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, I'm talking through the car. Like, you're fine. Well, just call me when you get home. Just call me when you get home. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of that, like, it, I realized just over time that, like, that translated to me. And I didn't realize it until I really realized that I had anxiety. Yeah. And then I was like, well, how does this work? Like, where did I get it from? And then, like, when I talk to my grandma, I get really worked up because mm-hmm. she gets really worked up. Mm-hmm. So, it just makes me, like, 
Like, yeah. If you have anxiety, <laughs> if you look back at your mama and your grandma and all them, they most likely got anxiety too, but it's untreated. They just learn how to cope with it. Doesn't mean they don't have anxiety though. So yeah, that's where um, our anxiety forms. And then when it just comes to the anxiety diagnosis, so like I've been explaining to y'all, um, these different mental diagnoses falls under different umbrellas. And anxiety has its own umbrella. So under the anxiety umbrella, it can be separation anxiety, selective mutism, specific phobias, social anxiety, panic disorder, OCD, agoraphobia, PTSD, but the most common anxiety that everybody is diagnosed with is generalized anxiety disorder. So I've been formally diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, like I said, 40 million adults in America is diagnosed with it. And it's pretty common. Like, it's more common than depression, right. actually. And those are the people that actually go to therapy. Yeah. So, just imagine all the people you know that don't mm-hmm. go, they might have some form of anxiety, too. Yeah. So, one of the symptoms for anxiety is restlessness. So, this can present, like, of course, like, just feeling just, like, antsy and tired throughout the day. Or always feeling like you're on the edge, like, on pins and needles. Like, ugh, I hate that feeling. If you have anxiety, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so horrible. And then um, another um, symptom is easily fatigued. It's because your anxiety, if you have anxiety, it's because you're running off anxiety for so long that you're, it's easier for you to like run out of um, energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I get um, my anxiety shows up a lot of times being irritable. Like that's, yeah, that's another symptom too. Irritability, that's huge for me. Like so I, irritated. Everybody just think, and people because people don't understand it, they think it's like an attitude. Mm-hmm. But it's more so like you can't help it sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you just are irritable, and you don't even know what you're mm-hmm. irritable about. And, yeah. and it's just like, and people want like, what's wrong with you? Like, why is she acting like that? Yep. And it's like, I can't even like really help how I feel right now. I'm just irritated. You just right. get on my fucking nerves. Right. Like, <laughs> like well, what do I do? I don't know. I'm exactly. just annoyed. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute. <laughs> and then another one is concentration. So, um, like lack of concentration because you're probably worrying about whatever you're worrying about and you're not even paying attention what the mm-hmm. person in front of you got to say. Um, and then also muscle tension, your body is always going to tell you first. So, you know, clenching your fist, clenching your fist, clenching your jaw, um, pull your shoulders up to your ears. Like we literally hold anxiety in our body. Yeah. And then, um, last one is sleep disturbance. So I know a lot of my clients, um, their anxiety don't kick in until at night. Cause that's when they start worrying about things. Worrying um, about the next day. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know how they say the Sunday or is it a Monday scaries or the Sunday scaries? I on could, Sunday when you be scared to go to work on Monday? Yeah. Is I get, it Sunday I get scaries? Those. I get those. Real. I haven't heard that term before, but I would imagine it's Sunday and I get those like real bad. Like th- that mm-hmm. was me yesterday. I couldn't even relax because I knew I had to work tomorrow, which was mm. which is today, and it, it was just like, ugh, like really just thinking about what all I had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And then um, another thing about anxiety, it co-occurs with depression. So a lot of people that are diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with anxiety and vice versa because they're like twin sisters, basically. Um, they have a lot of common symptoms. Anxiety is just like, the way I like to describe anxiety with my clients is like, anxiety is when you, like, you're worrying about the future and depression is kind of like when you're stuck in the past. Because most people that deal with depression, they're just they're dealing with things that they probably done wrong or something like that. And with anxiety, you're always worrying about the future. Um, so it's very common to see depression, anxiety diagnosed together. And as for me, I do. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, like after my, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and PTSD after my dad passed away. Um, but I work through depression because if you didn't know, depression is kind of like, it comes in episodes. So you may just get a depression, depressive episode once a year. Um, and you may have anxiety throughout the whole year. You know what I mean? Anxiety is kind of like always around, but like I've, I can manage my depression, but I'm still just a naturally very anxious person. And for a while, it took my therapist and my psychiatrist to realize that, hey, she's not really depressed. She's just so anxious all the time that her symptoms look like depression. Mm. So, yeah, that was my personal experience with it. it. I'm just, like, I'm always, like, high-strung off of anxiety. Like, ooh, child, it's hard to deal with sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of, like, so-so for me. Sometimes, I'm, for the most part, I think I'm a really high-strung person. And I'm very, very, very irritable. But I think recently, because um, like how you said that it peaks kind of around, around the 30s or like at 30, which I think I'm kind of hitting that point where it's um, attacking my concentration mm-hmm. because like I get so worried, like at work right now, like especially working from home and then we got so much stuff, other stuff going on outside of work. Like I find myself as of lately, like this year, it's harder and harder for me to concentrate on work. Because I get anxiety about the work that I have to do, mm-hmm. which is like, well, well, that's like, girl, just do the work. But it's like, I like I'm on the call with somebody and I have anxiety, or I'm in a meeting and I have anxiety about like I could be doing something else, I could be doing something else. Or yeah. like, I'm not gonna have enough time to do this or that. Yeah, I know exactly how you mean, how you feel, girl, and what you mean with that. Eating me up. And that goes into like procrastination and perfectionism because I like to always say per- perfectionism and procrastination is anxiety's first cousins. Okay, Mm -hmm. you procrastinate because you're anxious about completing the task correctly. And you if you're a perfectionist, you're just trying to do everything perfect to overcompensate of your fear of doing it incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Um, So that perfectionism and procrastination, that's just another form of anxiety, as well as imposter syndrome, um, which is something that black people deal with a lot. Imposter syndrome is like just when you have thoughts of like feeling like an imposter like especially when it comes to like the type of work you do when you're clearly credentialed to do it but you have this fear of being exposed as like an imposter or a fake mm. and i deal with that yeah <laughs> i mean that can be i feel like every black person probably deal with this right and i feel like especially now in the current time that we're in where we get so many people to be outed as um scammers and liars mm. and all types of stuff we sure forgot to talk about Dana. Girl. <laughs> it's 
sprinkle of Jesus. Her, her little husband been exposed. But anyways, back to the anxiety. They've been exposed. It's just now it's getting mainstream. Yeah, it's getting mainstream. Yeah, I feel I, it was because his I, old best friend been out at them because he was the one that taught him taught them how to do the tax situation, like how they have a tax company, Jumping Jacks Tax. Mm-hmm. Like the best friend was the one that showed them like how to do taxes and set up the programs, all that stuff, and then they took his idea and like out like cut him out of everything. Like so, what? that's crazy. Well, I'm sure they got anxiety about that. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna have some anxiety soon with these cases okay. popping up. And while we're on the subject, let's just talk about black people anxiety, um, because black people. I know now it's becoming more common to talk about mental health and all that, but black people for a minute we tend to feel like our community just think we that was just some white people shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's not. Black people got mental diagnosis out of anybody because if you consider our history of slavery, systematic racism, and intergenerational trauma, we probably struggle with mental diagnosis and anxiety and depression more and PTSD more than any other race considering how much trauma we experience not only in America but in the world in general Mm -hmm. um and it's just not reported because a lot of now we're going to like being more open to therapy but black people are just being open to therapy black people are not really open to other areas of treatment like medication because I don't want to put that in my body which I get but at the same time if it's gonna help you sis it's gonna help you and like I said, I just feel like I know black people struggle with these disorders more than a lot of people. Just seeing like all my clients come in. Yeah. Um, and a matter of fact, depression and anxiety spikes in black people after George Floyd's death from 36% to 41%. I believe it. Which is crazy. I think a lot of times what people don't realize is a lot of that shit is like packed down deep in you Mm -hmm. and like because i'll sit there and like i'll be like talking to one of my siblings and they'll be like bringing up a memory from like when we was little kids and i have no recollection of it like in general i have like a bad memory and that's like a symptom of a lot of different you know mental health issues Mm -hmm. but depression anxiety and ptsd being the number one um you know candidates for those because it's just like you're trying to block what what you've been through you're trying mm-hmm. to block out what what has happened or something that wasn't favorable in your yeah. life so even if it wasn't like that specific memory wasn't a bad memory it's still in a time period where you experience something bad and so mm-hmm. you just like block it all out yeah and that goes into like um ptsd too because a lot of black people deal with ptsd and they don't even know it we we've been brainwashed to think only war vets can get ptsd but here i am a full ass 28 year old ass woman and i deal with it like a lot of black people have ptsd Mm -hmm. um a lot of my clients they come in thinking they have anxiety and i'm just like "Mm, what you're describing to me is ptsd which is like an anxiety disorder ptsd is under the anxiety umbrella um (laughs) and another thing that's um common within a black community when it comes to anxiety is black kids are often misdiagnosed with ADD or ADHD or some type of conduct disorder Mm -hmm. when in reality they have anxiety so there you go with that one (laughs) yeah I believe it I I I'm not surprised. I mean, when we think about it, there's there is a lot. There's a shit ton of research out there that is in medical books and tests and experiments, all types of research. 
And most of that research is not about black people. Like most of that research mm-hmm. is done on everybody except black people. And then we get we put black people in rooms with these doctors or uh, all these people with, that are credentialed and find out that they never even been exposed to black people before. And mm-hmm. they're just like assuming like, oh, well, this is how it presents in white people. Mm-hmm. So this is what it looks like in black people. And that's not the case. It's not. And not just for mental health, like for medical as well. And we experience that now mm-hmm. with like so many black women dying during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Like our bodies are literally different. You hear about that black doctor who recently graduated medical school and he created a book of how like common disorders look on black skin? Yes, I did mm-hmm. see that. So we gotta do shit like this just to make sure we good, which is crazy to me. It is crazy. So yeah, so as far as like treatment when it comes to anxiety, the best type of um, therapy treatment for anxiety is um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is also known as CBT, which is based on the theory that our thoughts drives our emotions and our behavior. Um, which is very true because a lot of time anxiety has this little voice in our head that'll be telling us that we ain't shit, bitch. You sounded dumb, girl. <laughs> why you do that, girl? girl. You not gonna get the job. So anxiety, ha- if you pay attention to your thoughts, and it's so hard to pay attention to our thoughts because you're so unconscious and they move so automatic. Our thoughts, we tell ourselves so many things. So cognitive behavioral therapy is really like a type of therapy that helps restructure your thoughts, which takes a while, but it definitely does help. And one of the exercises that I like to give my clients that struggle with anxiety under CBT is um, like dedicating a worry time. So it's easier said than done. (laughs) So just dedicating your worry time to like the end of the day and like you write it all down. But don't allow yourself to worry throughout the day. Girl. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Journaling like helps me a shit ton with Mm -hmm. my anxiety. That's a good thing for anxiety too. Oh my goodness. Like when I'm like, because I will, because you know, because I'll call your ass when I'm like really like struggling with Mm -hmm. something, especially like with my dating anxiety. Like, I'll call you. But then, like, I have moments where I'm like, okay, let me not call and bother nobody. So, let me just write this down. I mean, but I'm learning, though. Like, okay, so when my anxiety was really bad, I needed my friends for that, too. But as it got in, as I knew how to handle it better, I found myself not calling my friends Mm -hmm. as much. So, it's just something that you're going to wean off on doing. But, like, it's just something that you don't have to, like, don't beat yourself up over it. I mean, but do ask your friends, hey, do you have time to listen to me? Like, you know, just respect their boundaries. Yeah. But it's good. If you have friends that's going to listen to your anxious thoughts, it's good to utilize them. Yeah. And I think... I think that was just a part of my anxiety to not call you or call anybody else and like ask them, like bother them. So mm-hmm. it was just like, well, let me just write it down because then that's just me. And like writing it down, honestly, was like, is like the best feeling because then you see it on paper and you like, this sounds ridiculous, girl. Like, you ain't really stupid. Like, you yeah. ain't really. <laughs> you see it on paper and then like all you gotta do is change it to a more positive thought. Right. And that's how you do it. And another good um, treatment. So, of course, the best treatment for anxiety is a common and depression is a combination of therapy and medication. And I know a lot of people are like, I do not want to take medication. Whoop de woo. But just because you start medication does not mean you have to always stay on it for the rest of your life. And because personally, I was on medication for my anxiety. Like, right when my therapist and all them and my psychiatrist, when they realized it wasn't me being depressed. I was just strung out on anxiety. I took I took medication just to help 
take the edge off. Like, you know what I mean? Just take the edge off just a little bit. So I can, so I was able to take in the coping skills that my therapist gave me. Cause she was giving me these coping skills, but my anxiety was so hot. I couldn't even take them in and learn them. So I was on it for about a year. I'm off now. I'm good. I mean, but I still deal with anxiety, but I'm just saying if your anxiety is to the point where you cannot just work or go outside, like you may want to consider therapy. I mean, therapy and medication. Right. It's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing to be ashamed of because if you had high blood pressure, you will take that high blood pressure medicine. Exactly. So it's no different. Like sometimes we just got to do temporary things for us to feel better in the long term. Right. And that's what I was going to say, too. Um, you know, and that's, that's the important part of therapy because people think, oh, it's just talking and like, yes, it's talking, but it's somebody else recognizing what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So just like how, like you said, it's an acquired skill to realize your, what your thoughts are and to recognize them and stop them. Mm -hmm. So like you could be sitting there talking and your friend may not catch your thoughts, but your therapist is going to catch your thought. Your your therapist is going to be like, er, skirt. Yeah, I'm like, so you told yourself that you are a dumbass? Like, I literally repeat that to them, and they be like, damn, I did say that. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, like I said, medication is important part of treatment. So, if you feel like you're at the point where you've been doing therapy for a while, let's say three months, and you still haven't feel like you don't see no difference, then it may be time to try, like, some medication. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. And do your homework. Yeah, do, do like do your homework. Like do your research on the medication. Like if you're going to go towards medication, do your research cuz I didn't need an antidepressant. I I used something else that was more anxiety based, but it wasn't like Xanax or anything. I cannot think of the name off the top of my head right now. But um it worked. Like when I tell y'all when I took that like a light it, it was like a light switch. Like mm. it was crazy. It was like a light switch. Like my anxiety just like choop. Like, I I just had it under control. Yeah. And a lot of people with anxiety, especially black people, um, they tend to um, smoke weed. And I'm here to, to be the first to tell y'all, a lot of people think you cannot be addicted to weed, but you can. And if you're smoking weed to... Sometimes people don't even realize they're smoking weed to heal with anxiety, which a lot of black people, like, a lot of black people are doing. Like, they don't realize it. But that's basically what you're doing. You're self-medicating to take the edge off. Mm-hmm. Oh, my nerves bad. I had a crazy day. Let me go smoke this blunt. Now, if you smoking weed on a daily basis, that's a problem. And I hate to, like, call y'all out like that. But it really is a problem. Like, socially, it's cool. But every day, that's not okay. It's really not. You're self-medicating. You're trying to, do, like, you're trying to distract yourself from something. I can't tell you what unless you're my client. But you're definitely trying to distract yourself from something. Right. And another thing that I was going to say about medication, because I remember me and you had a conversation. I, I will probably always remember this, but I was driving, talking to you through the car, and we were talking, and you were telling me that you were on medication for anxiety. And I was like, oh, girl, I might need some. And because I was just like, oh, bitch, my anxiety, my anxiety is so bad. I need to talk to my therapist. She needs to prescribe me something. Girl, I talked to my therapist. She, she was like, um chill like your anxiety is not that bad you do not need medication mm-hmm. and i think that that's important because a lot of times mm-hmm. we'll see like well it worked for her mm-hmm. so maybe you need to work for me and sometimes like 
you know, yes, my anxiety in the moment, it be feeling like the end of the fucking mm-hmm. world. I mean, that's the fear part of it. Right. Though. But that doesn't mean that it's at the level where you need medication. Yeah. So, like, if your therapist is suggesting medication, just mm-hmm. be open to the idea. Yeah. But if they're if not, not, don't then don't force worry. it. Yeah, don't force it. Because I did therapy for, you have to keep in mind, also, I had anxiety and PTSD. So, I had two anxiety disorders. So, I did therapy for what, like a year, and I was still on ten. And mm. my therapist was like, "We gonna have to, <laughs> we gonna have to add some men this equation to bring you down a little Girl, bit." Girl, my therapist was like, um, "Do your damn homework." Yeah, that I be because <laughs> she sent me home with homework, and I never do it. She was like, "Do your homework." Yeah, see, act- that works first. <laughs> And you will be fine. Yeah, I, like, oh, I would say okay. always give it like three months, three to three to six months. If you feel like and you've been going to therapy and you feel like it's not working, then talk to your therapist and be like, hey, I don't feel like none of this is helping. And if anybody try to give you medication on the first day. Yeah. New therapist me, please. Im- immediately. I do. I never suggest medication on the first day. Well, it's been a couple clients and I'm just like, oh, you got a lot of trauma. Well, I, don't, I still don't say it on the first time, though. I wait till, like, right. after a month, and I don't, and it, and if I don't see, like, if we have a hard time having direction in the therapy session, and, you know, of course, other therapy things that I pay attention to as a therapist, then I might be, like, I've, I recommended it after a month, because, mm-hmm. like, we wasn't, like, we couldn't stay on, we couldn't stay on, on topic. Yeah. So. That makes sense. But that, that turned me off. My first time going to therapy, it was therapy through my college, and, um. I filled out a questionnaire, walked in, and the lady was like, okay, what do you want me to prescribe you? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't even, we wasn't even 10 minutes in the conversation, and she wanted yeah. to prescribe me some new therapist immediately. immediately. And don't let that discourage you, because it, it discouraged me, and I was so turned off, and I was just like, this is not the feel for me. Mm-hmm. I need to, it literally turned me off of everything. Yeah. And, like, just, if that happens to you, just... Take like, it, take it on the chin, and keep it moving. Yeah, because like, finding the right therapist is like riding the, finding the right pair of jeans. You are gonna have to try on a few. I was with my ther- my old therapist for like a couple years, and you was the one that actually I was talking to you about her, and she was like, "It sounds like you need a new therapist," and I was like, "I do." Like, sis was kind of like, she helped me through like the PTSD that I was dealing with. But when it came to dating, like, she was super Christian, and, like, we just did not have the same values, and she was just kind of pushing her values onto me, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't, I was just like, I don't date that way, though. Like, I'm not dating. I mean, of course, I want to get married, but I don't go to a date thinking, oh, if he ain't trying to be my husband, then ain't no point of us talking. Like, I'm not going to a date like that. Yeah, don't let your therapist force their views on you. Yeah, so I had to move around. She was great for what I needed at that time, but I had to find another therapist to help me. And you told stuff. me about my recent therapist. Girl, we just be helping each other. I be like, friend, it don't sound like she be helping you. You, you said you need like XYZ. You, you trying to like her, but you really don't. She was just really affordable, okay? She Okay, that's cool. <laughs> but too. that was it. Like, I wasn't really I wasn't really getting what I need. And really, she pissed me off the last session because she told me to accept something that I wasn't really to, ready to accept, which I still <laughs> need to accept it, but I still am going to accept it and get a new therapist. Girl, you need a black therapist. But anyway. Anyways, um, <laughs> another natural way you can deal with anxiety, which is just kind of like coping skills, of course, like yoga, meditation. Y'all, since I got back in my meditation game, doing it regularly, anxiety is to a 12, okay? On a scale of 1 to 100. Oh, I was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me like, like to one to ten. ten. One to ten? No, one to one hundred. Like it's low now. Like I've been like, I feel like I've been walking on clouds. Woo do like you know, meditation really does work. I know it seems corny, but it does work. Um, of course, like affirmations. Um, I also posted a post on this recently. Um, get you a weighted blanket, bitch. That weighted blanket had me knocked the fuck out the, uh, when I first got it. You got one? Mm-hmm. Oh, which, what, uh, how much? How 15 much pounds. I need a little bit more, though. So what does it do? It, like, grounds you. Like, it's just weight, and it grounds you. It calms you down. I be scared. What is that called? Like, sleep paralysis, where you feel like you can't move? Or... Girl. <laughs> I be scared that's going to happen. <laughs> also, aromatherapy helps. Um, I talked about that on my last, um, one of our episodes. Aromatherapy helps. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the moment when you are experiencing anxiety, it's different things you can do to ground yourself. So, like, um, like counting all the squares around you or counting all the blue things around you or washing your hands in hot water and then put it in cold water or taking a hot cold shower. Um, different things like that to help ground you. And also, it's exercising regularly. That really helps because, you know, anxiety is kind of just like access energy. So mm-hmm. when you exercise regularly, that helps get rid of some of that energy. Um, and then also listening to music and journaling, like you, like you said, journaling really helps. Um, you just got to figure out what type of journaling works for you. Some people like to type in their notes on their phones. Some people actually like to get an actual pen and paper. Some people like to type on their computer. Some people like to do, um, voice notes. Sometimes I do voice notes when I just need to like get it out and yell. Maybe so. I should try that because I think that's why I be wanting to talk to people is because I just be wanting to get it out. But mm-hmm. you know what? The writing, it really, seeing that shit, mm-hmm. I really be like, girl, calm the fuck down. Yeah, when you <laughs> see it, you be like, ooh, girl, I'm on 10. Like, bring it down a few notches. Like, mm-hmm. you will be okay. But it's also important when you do recognize those negative thoughts that you're having is to not shame yourself for having those negative thoughts. You can just be like, girl, I know this situation is kind of scary, but we mm-hmm. good. Like, because really your anxiety is just your inner child coming out. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you got to talk to her. Would you yell at your in, would you, a kid that has anxiety? Would you yell at her and be like, bitch, calm down? No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, it's okay, girl. It is scary, but you good. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got to talk. You got to talk to yourself nicely because at the end of the day, we are the meanest people to ourselves. You don't have to worry about nobody else being meaner to you than you. That's true. Because <laughs> we are mean to ourselves. I be on my Moesha shit. I be like, I be writing and I be like, girl, you won't even remember this nigga name next week. Like, what okay. are you talking about? Like, in a year, you be like, who? Yeah, I be like that too. I'm, like, girl, you good. You fine. I start uh, writing affirmations by myself and I, I don't even remember what I'm anxiety about. Like, what, okay. what am I anxious about? Don't remember. <laughs> and that's it. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about anxiety. You have anything... Um, I I guess I would just say just be kind to yourself. Like it's mm-hmm. it it's never going to if you suffer from anxiety, it's kind of almost something that you will always suffer from. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be suffering. Like you can use it to your benefit and make it you know fit the time in for for it when you want it to happen versus like just letting it control your life. And, you know, just being able to control it, just keep in mind that other people may have it too. So, mm-hmm. you know, not faulting them for it and setting boundaries for other people that may have, have it, may have it worse than yours or may have it untreated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have certain family members that have it and I just, 
I set that boundary with myself. Like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to this person for X amount of time. And then if I start to feel my anxiety flare up, I'm, I'm going to end the conversation from there. And, you know, just, just keep yourself, if you heal and, and you know, kind of do the work on yourself. Don't let yourself go backward just to accommodate somebody else. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, let's get into asking for a friend. Okay, let's get into asking for a friend. So our first letter is from Cardi B. Cardi. And Cardi said, I thought I had the perfect marriage until I met Devontae about three years ago. Bitch, you should have knew from the name. (laughs) Devontae, okay. (laughs) Um... She said, I instantly felt a connection and attraction to him. I tried my I tried my hardest not to feel this way. I don't see him very often. We work together. But I can't shake these feelings. We have spoken about the mutual attraction between us and have kissed once. He doesn't do anything to encourage a relationship between us, and neither do I. <laughs> what? <laughs> He is in the process of getting divorced, and I know he doesn't want to come in between my husband and I, but I just can't stop thinking about him, even if I don't see him for months at a time. I'm becoming numb and depressed at home, and I don't know how to change these feelings. I can't talk to anyone about this. I feel ashamed, guilty, and embarrassed. I've been married for 26 years and have never looked at or thought about another man before. How can I stop these feelings? Sign, Cardi B. So she cheated on her man? She cheated. Because she said y'all haven't done nothing to encourage the relationship. But since you kissed them. Oh, they just kissed. They just kissed. That's it. But you married. Girl, get your horny ass. Get your, I don't know. Is this, she said that she's been married for 26 years. Is the spark, or like, I think it's just the, um... What is it? I just think it's just the spontaneous yeah, part of the it. The grass That's, is greener. It ain't. It ain't. It yeah, ain't. stay with your husband. And you know, I'm in the middle of watching Single Ladies. Yes, that old ass show with, with um Lisa Wright. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, old girl lost her husband because she wanted the spontaneousness of it all. Girl, don't fall trapped to that shit. Tell your man you need to spice it up. Have him meet you at a at a random ass hotel, and he's sitting at the bar, and y'all just act like y'all don't know each other. Exactly. Because girl, that's girl, a, put that's on a, a wig. Fantasy of mine, okay. Honey. Or get like, like the little me. toy where he can control with the remote. Yes, girl. girl. And you need to go to therapy. You need to spice that shit up, <laughs> right? And go to therapy. Girl, get you some dick and go to therapy. <laughs> Okay, we can make a hat or a shirt that said that. Girl, get some dick and go to therapy. Come on, merch. Okay, and it's coming soon. Yes. But yeah. um, Now that I feel like shit either. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, get some dick and go to therapy. Girl, we can't. You you just getting caught up in the spontaneous part of it. Caught up in a rapture of love, honey. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, that was just a kiss. Like, girl, I... 
Honestly, just act like your man, not your man. Call him a different name. Like mm-hmm. y'all, y'all role play with different names and put a different wig on or something. Have him cut his beard if he got a beard or grow one if he don't got one. Just mm-hmm. look different and it'll feel the same. I promise Period, you. friend. Okay, well, Cardi, I hope you figure it out, sis, because that ain't it, friend. Girl, you finna be upset because you offset. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, shut the fuck up. Oh my god, I can't believe you said it's the this wine. shit. It's the wine. Y'all, she, she, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Alright, so this letter is from someone with a very serious subject. Okay. All right, so I've really been struggling with what I think with what I think is anxiety and depression. Right now, it really isn't the best time for me to get a new therapist considering I got laid off, but I was previously seeing a therapist before that happened. We had shifted to teletherapy, and I didn't really like it. It just wasn't the same as being in person, and I really felt like it wasn't working out for me, and now I can't even afford to go. So now that I'm unemployed and have no therapist, what can I do in the meantime between a job and finding a therapist and that's oh i never gave them a name but this is sign um cat dog i love that car scene. don't you judge me <laughs> i saw the judgment on your face so she needs to figure out how to get affordable therapy just something in the meantime between being unemployed and like i guess the resources of what what she can do but yeah i can i mean we can provide affordable therapy too Oh, you know what? So the first time besides me having my therapist in college and being turned off, the first time I ever looked back into therapy, I was unemployed and I went to Open Path. Yeah, that's why I say in better and better help. No, it's Open Path Collective. I think they have Mm -hmm. like $30 sessions. Yeah, it's like really, really, really cheap. And it's based off of the honor system. So, you know, they just are expecting y'all to be honest, which please be honest because we need to keep these resources. Mm -hmm. But that's actually how I found my very first therapist. And I loved her to like death. Like I loved her. But um, yeah, like resources like that, they can be very, very affordable. But if you just cannot find um, or even find the money in your budget to go to a therapist, I would suggest journaling. I would suggest like going on walks, getting vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the coping skills that we said up in the main segment mm-hmm. or um, following like therapists on Instagram and buying like their ebooks or buying their webinars because mm-hmm. um, they typically do it for like some of them have free ebooks some of them have free webinars mm-hmm. but like make sure they're licensed like you know what i mean don't find like no life right. coach and that's but, not a substitute for therapy it's just a a, a resource or like homework mm-hmm. to do in between having a therapist so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind it's not supposed to heal you but it's supposed to just like at least keep you on track to where it hopefully won't get any worse mm-hmm. between finding a therapist yeah but yeah, try Open Path. They have pretty cheap um, options, um, and then as well as just using the resources that we provided, and just really engaging in, in your coping skills, um, and also reaching out to your friends that know you know our supports. Um, of course, with the appropriate boundaries, making sure they have the mental capacity to take in um, your problems, and make sure they you know not that friend that 
ride out on you, like ride out with you. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the friend is kind of level-headed. Right. Not the friend that's going to be like, let's pull up because y'all going to pull up every day if y'all got my type of anxiety. Exactly. <laughs> we pulling up to that nigga house daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that nigga ain't text back. I'm in the driveway. Okay. <laughs> All right. You need that friend that's going to be like, okay, let's think this through. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, like give him an hour, sis. Give him a day to text back. Maybe he's busy. You never know what happens. You never know. But if it's that friend that's going to like slice some tires, like you're going to wish you ain't sliced them once he takes back in you in the driveway and Mm -hmm. three, his tires on flat. (laughs) Like, let's just not. (laughs) Yeah. Avoid that friend because sis is crazy. Right. Sis need therapy too. So y'all need a conference call with level-headed friend. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, that's all the letters we have for li- asking for a friend. Um, so if y'all want to get advice, email us mm-hmm. at advice at selfcaregang.com or you can DM us honestly on the Instagram page, selfcare at selfcaregang on Instagram. DM mm-hmm. us, we'll share it there. You don't have to type out a whole essay in an email, you can you know just slide in our DMs mm-hmm. and we'll be happy to. Uh, answer your question and it will be anonymous unless you just explicitly say like hey say my name yeah i agree um and you know this is our season finale we'll be back on september 16th Mm -hmm. um tell your mama your sister your cousin all them to hit us up Follow Listen us on us. the gram. And yeah, follow us on the gram because we will be talking about some on stuff the gram, on the gram, on the Twitter, mm-hmm. okay, on our individual account, accounts, all that. Like, make sure that y'all check us out and have people catch up with us because, like, these episodes, like, we are here for the long haul. So the episodes, the 10 episodes prior to this, you can listen to, you can catch up with and, you know, give us any feedback. Make sure y'all subscribe to us, share with your friends and family and rate us. Please go online and rate us because we don't want to be doing this. Don't just give us the star. Right. Leave a review. Like these girls is lit as fuck. Right. Okay. Okay. Flow Millie shit. Ho. Period. So, yeah, leave reviews, subscribe, um, message us on Twitter, add us on Twitter, um, talk to us on Instagram, listen to us. Speaking of Twitter, shout out to, I forgot her username, but the young lady, and I don't know if she wants her username out there, but the young lady that had messaged us and um said that she need really need to hear what we were saying on the podcast and like she really loved it like that was dope like i was so excited when i saw that it was sweet thanks sis all y'all talk to us let us know that y'all listening okay keep listening sis okay all right but we'll we'll be back in about a month y'all have y'all have a good labor day and y'all enjoy these last few weeks of um summer And, yeah, we'll see y'all soon. Get comfortable. You can choose to be seated with your legs closed or crossed or you can choose to lay down. Close your eyes. We're gonna start with intentional breaths. Inhaling good energy. 
and exhaling your worries and fears. Inhaling good energy and exhaling your worries and fears. Grow confident with each breath. Sitting straighter, pushing your shoulders back. Inhale good energy. Exhale your worries and fears. Let's begin by reminding ourselves you have all you need, all the time, all the resources, all the intuition and wisdom. Everything you need, you have. There is no lack. Inhale good energy and exhale your worries and fears. Now repeat after me. I am free from anxiety. I am living a calm life. I am in charge of my mind and body. I am more calm with each breath I take. I remove any blockages keeping me from mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. I am free from anxiety. I am living a calm life. I am in charge of my mind and body. I am more calm with each breath I take. I remove any blockages keeping me from mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. I am free from anxiety and I am living a calm life. I am in charge of my mind and body. I am more calm with each breath that I take. I remove any blockages keeping me from mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. Observe your breath. Accept it all. Know that all you must do is allow. The work has already started and it is breaking barriers and blockages that have kept you from moving forward. Inhale good energy and exhale your worries and fears. Namaste gang. <laughs>